0: You're listening to the Her Paper Root Podcast, episode 25. Today, we're digging into money relationships and what you can do to improve your relationship with your bank account, your earnings, and your business. You're listening to the Her Paper Root Podcast, a show all about money and entrepreneurship with host Chelsea Clark. Chelsea is a marketing strategist and the founder of HerPaperRoot.com, a friendly and supportive hive for ambitious, passionate entrepreneurs like you to learn how to growth hack your idea into a profitable business. We encourage you to fearlessly tackle your wildest goals. We know that as your own boss, you can deliver your unique message and make more paper. You just need a plan. Now helping you on your paper route, here's your host, Chelsea Clark. Today my guest is lawyer and personal finance coach Dafina Sharp. In the past Dafina battled personal health issues which resulted in medical bills that put her in debt. She launched her own business and has since paid off this debt and she now shares her money advice via her finance website dollarspluscents.com. Dafina is here to share tips for how we can become more financially responsible and to discuss why it's so important for women, especially women of color, to build wealth and enter the world of entrepreneurship.
1: Welcome, Dafina. Hi, Chelsea. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
0: I'm excited to have you here. Thank you for coming and chatting with me today. No problem. I love your story. How did your past health and money issues lead you into this space?
1: Oh boy, I'm going to try to not like make that a whole long story (laughs) because it really Uh is. I mean, but uh, to make a long story short, I kind of was forced into being an entrepreneur a little bit, right? So when I first graduated from law school, I really was not making like any money. Like it's almost offensive a little bit, you know, for all the the years of schooling that I did, I was making around $35,000 a year. And I was working for a small immigration law firm here in New York city. And one day I saw the retainer agreement that was in the file that my boss, you know, signs with every client. And I saw what the client was paying the law firm for the legal services we were providing and I knew I was pretty much doing like all the work <laughs> and a little bug mm-hmm. was placed that day where I said to myself, "Man, if only I can like have my own clients, I could really make a whole lot more money than what my boss was paying me." But I was comfortable in knowing the, you know, what I was going to be paid every week and the security of having a paycheck even if that paycheck was small. So fast forward after working for the um, small law firm for about a year, I wanted to study for New York's bar and with immigration law, you don't need a license from New York state because it's, it's, um, regulated by federal law. So any bar license is fine. However, I wanted to get a license to practice law specifically in New York. Cause I didn't want to be, um, restricted with the type of law I practice. So I went to my boss and I said, can I, um, have two months off to study for the bar and in a nice way he said yeah you know sure no problem but (laughs) I can't guarantee your job's gonna be here when you get back which is basically saying your job is to me I felt like it was your job's not gonna be here when you get back so that right there was like the first push because I no longer had the security of my job of having that paycheck and I had a fellow colleague come to me when I was gonna leave the firm and she came to me I guess she had the similar ambitions and she was like you know what about starting a law firm together you know know you're leaving, but maybe we can do something together. And that right there is what caused me to start my own firm because I no longer had the security of a job. And I also had a partner that made it less scary to start a business with. <laughs> so that's the short yeah. version of why I eventually became an entrepreneur.
0: That's amazing. I remember something sort of similar happening to me when I used to work for a design firm. And I was just making, you know, like a couple bucks an hour, really. And then I saw what the boss was getting paid for all the work that I was doing from the client. And it was like, whoa, I need to get (laughs) that into the boss's
1: chair. Like I am like, my life is a joke right now. (laughs) Absolutely. Right. It was amazing. I could not, I had no idea. And I guess when I look back at it, it's kind of like offensive, you know, that I was being paid what I was being paid versus what. Um, he was charging the clients. Yes. And when I looked at that, I was like, wow, that's crazy. You know, like, this guy is making a killing. And and I was literally Chelsea doing everything. Like, yeah. <laughs> like even sitting down with the clients and, and talking about their cases, going to court with them, writing, you know, legal briefs and appellate briefs, everything, yeah. like, from beginning to end. So I was like, you know, I just need to cut out this guy. <laughs> and, and I'll be making a killing.
0: That is fantastic. I love that. I love that you took something that was almost something that could make people, you know, shrivel up, but you're like, no, this is inspiring.
1: I'm going to go and I'm just going to go do this. Yes. You know, it, it's funny that, um, in a way, like you never know how your life is going to go. Like there were way bigger plans for me, I guess, than I could even imagine. You know, everything kind of just worked out perfectly. So it was, it was good. That was the best thing he <laughs> could have done. really would
0: inspire me. (laughs) And when did you realize that you were on the right path? Because starting up a business of your own, we all have struggles. It doesn't feel amazing from the get go all all the time. But when did you realize that? Yeah, this is what I'm what I meant to do.
1: Oh, yeah. So it was really hard. Like you said, for the first two years, it was really, really hard. That's when I realized, you know what? It's A lot harder than it looked to get clients. And for the first two years, (laughs) I really reconsidered, like, maybe I should just get another job and quit. And as soon as I was on the brink of quitting, you know, like trying to do this thing, it's like everything kind of blew up. And I started to get enough clients so that it was sustainable and I could like afford to pay my bills and and all this stuff. So it was hard for the first two years and I I, I almost gave up, but it all of a sudden like things started to turn around. And what I realized too is with immigration court, so that's my specialty, I do immigration law, with immigration court, it takes a while, you know, for the case to go through the court from the time that your client walks in the office to the time that you actually complete a case. So I think that's probably what happened, why it it took a while for me to see like real results, um, because it just takes so long for the process of going through, you know, the law and litigating a case. Mm -hmm. But that's when I started to finally see some turnaround. I said, okay, I have something here. And now it's really all about just trying to scale and um, market and get more clients. And the best thing is like, if you do a good job for your clients, they know other people who are probably looking for another attorney as well. And That's how it worked out for me.
0: That's great. Yeah, you get those referrals coming in. Yeah. You are a lawyer, of course, but you're also a content creator and blogger. So has being a lawyer helped you as a blogger and an entrepreneur?
1: I think it's helped me as an entrepreneur in the sense of being patient, knowing that It's not going to be an overnight success. And knowing that you're going to have to work hard, like I certainly work a lot harder for myself than I do working for someone else, but it's so much more rewarding as well. So I think that's how the practice of law has helped me with blogging, you know. <laughs> I'm a much more successful mm-hmm. lawyer than I am a blogger. I'm still working on that and turning blogging into a business. But I think that being a lawyer has helped me understand like this is going to take time and it's going to take a lot of work from me and and learning, you know, the ropes all over again or what to do to have a successful blog.
0: Yeah. That's true. But you've kind of you got one thing going, like with your um your law firm. You've got that under the ropes. Now you're moving on to the next thing. Yeah, now you can monetize your website and kind of connect those those dots.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm still working on that.
0: (laughs) I can't retire on the blog yet. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: you you've got your hands full with all, all sorts of things. Yes, that's true. That's that's really important too, I think, too, with time management, you know, having time to blog and also having time, um To practice law, but with COVID here, it's our courts are still closed. I'm I'm in New York City, and our courts are still closed, so it's given me a lot more time to work on the blog um, versus practicing law. So that's helped in a way.
0: (laughs) That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, I love seeing that. Like people are finding a little bit more time on their hands right now, and people are using it, like yourself, for creative things, whether that's writing or creating content or whatever it is. So that's really great. There is a ton more coming up on today's episode. But first, I want to quickly thank our sponsors for making this show possible. My go-to project management tool has to be HoneyBook. It handles my clients, my projects, my invoices. It also has contact forms and questionnaires, appointment scheduling and task management and keeps me on the ball so I never miss something important. And everyone listening can get a free trial of HoneyBook by going to herpaperoot.com honeybook. And if you decide to upgrade, you will get 50% off your first year, which is a savings of $280 starting an online business, running an online business, creating a blog, content marketing, email marketing, affiliate marketing, social media marketing, all of these factors that come into being a business owner can be a little bit overwhelming to say the least. So I have created a collection of online courses where I share my own personal strategies and tips and resources that have helped me to grow my business into a six figure company in just a few short years. You can enroll in any of our courses today by going to herpaperoot.com slash courses. Let's talk women of color and money. Tell us what the world needs to know.
1: Yeah, no problem. So I just feel like as women, period, but also women of color, it's so important, even more so if you're a woman of color, to build wealth and start your own business because money gives you power and choices, right? If you have your own business, for example, you can determine how much you're worth, how much someone's going to pay you to do certain jobs versus just mm-hmm. taking whatever someone else says you're worth, right? So like my boss at <laughs> my previous law firm, he determined what I was worth being paid. And when I have my own law firm, I'm the one who sets, you know, what you're going to pay me to do the task. So I think that it's important to build wealth and also to manage money. I'm not saying that you necessarily have to have your own business, but it's definitely important to build wealth and manage your money. I feel like as a woman or a person of color so that you can have power and, and choices. And I just totally. also feel that you can't negotiate equality from a subservient position, <laughs> right? If you know you your worth, if you know, for example, like, I don't need this job. I have financial freedom. I'm not going to put up with crap. And you can go in with confidence, for example, and talk to your boss and say, you know, I, I demand that I be paid fairly. And if he or she does not um, agree with you, you have the power to walk out. So I think that that's why it's so important to build wealth. And even better, I think, if you own your own business, because I feel like it's easier to build wealth with your own business than working for someone else. So, I, for example, like here in America, the wealth gap is just as bad as, it, as it's been in the 1950s, right? So blacks make about 70-something cents compared to a dollar for every. Dollar earned by their their white peers, and it really doesn't even matter, even if they're educated with a degree, because even with a the degree, they're still making less than the average white family, you know, that has no bachelor degree. And it's worse if you're a woman. At every education level, women are paid consistently less than their male counterparts, and so that's why I also feel like for women in general, we should really. Take that in terms of building wealth and having your own business seriously because as it stands right now today, we're still not earning the same amount as a man here in America. Yep,
0: Yep. that's the same here where I am too and I could not agree with you more. Like that's amazing and how you said that too about money gives you power and choices. Going to your boss and also women who don't have their own finances, women who are married to someone, they have to count on their husband to… You know, allow them to have the things that they need or want, or just to be able to make choices and purchases. That's right. And yeah, when you have your own money, you are in the driver's seat of your own life.
1: Yeah, absolutely right. So, like you said, even in a relationship, right? If your husband knows that you don't need him to survive financially, (laughs) that takes a lot of power away from him to, you know, determine how things are going to go in your relationship. And same thing with my my boss. Like I said, if I was not afraid, if I at the time like I felt like I need this job and whatever he he pays me like I'm just grateful to have a job. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if I didn't think like that. So um that's why I feel like it's so important as women and people of color to really build wealth and and have good finances. And it's it is part of the reason why I was inspired to start my blog dollars plus cents, right? Because I finally was in a good position financially. And naturally, I mean, my family and friends came to me and asked for advice, but I also felt like once you're in a place of power per se, it's important to empower others like yourself, you know? So Mm -hmm. that's why with my blog in particular, like I speak Directly to women because I want to help women, you know, manage their finances and get their money under yes. control for those reasons.
0: Very important. I've been looking at your blog and it's awesome. You've been writing so much; it's so <laughs> <Thank> great. You. <laughs> You're right. I'm like always um, churning out content when I have time. Yeah, no, that's so good. And speaking of money and money management what are some daily money rituals that we could all benefit from to help our savings? Oh boy. I
1: think the number one thing is to just be conscious of your spending. Like a lot of my clients, and when I say clients, at this point, I'm talking about my financial clients, right? Not my legal clients. It's so important to just know where your money is going. You'll be surprised like how many people they don't know where their money is going. I think especially as a professional woman, because they may make a good salary. So it's like, you know, if I want it and I just buy it and there's nothing wrong with that, but you need to know like what's coming in and what's going on. And I feel like a lot of people, um, don't pay attention to what's going out. So I would say every day, just take a second and review maybe like, um, your credit card statements, or if you spend cash, just, you know, check to see what's going out. What am I spending money on? So that you're conscious about where your money is going. I think it's really important at least to check up on your finances every day, just five minutes. It literally takes. That's what I do personally. Just log in really quickly and and see, you know, make sure you don't have any overdrafts or charges that don't look familiar. Things like that, I think, are good money habits.
0: That's great. That's great advice. And when people spend, get in the habit of spending more time with their money, like looking at their credit card statements, checking up on their receipts looking at their online banking constantly, you're sort of building up a relationship with your money and getting more comfortable with it because there are some people who try to avoid. They don't look at their credit card statements. They don't look (laughs) at their bank. And it becomes like money and spending is a scary thing. But if you just force yourself to spend time with your money then um yeah your relationship with it will get a lot better
1: yeah you know i people think budgets are restrictive they're afraid and they feel like it means that i can't have fun and i you know i i just want to have freedom to live life you know i work so hard um to be where i am as, especially as a professional woman and they just feel like i deserve to reward myself and a budget doesn't have to be that a budget is literally you just telling your money, what to do. And if you enjoy, you know, nice things or you enjoy, um, hanging out with friends and all that, you can still do it. But I just think that you need to be conscious about how much money is going towards those things, because you would really, really be surprised. (laughs) (laughs) Like I have a, a cousin, as a matter of fact, who spent like At least three hundred dollars on a pair of shoes every time um, they went and bought shoes, and when they realize, like, wow, how much that adds up to be, um, they say to themselves, "Wow, like I could have had a lot more money in the bank. I didn't even realize what I was spending. You just take a second to see." And there's nothing wrong with buying a pair of three hundred dollars shoes if you can afford it, but (laughs) it—I think the part that's bad is not even realizing what you're spending on shoes, you know? Yes. Yeah.
0: Because it definitely adds up. And if you're buying it in sporadic moments and you're not keeping track of it, then, yeah, that money is just going to run away with you (laughs) in those shoes. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Well, speaking of, like, budgets and management of money, do you use any tools or apps for money management?
1: Yeah, I certainly do. I mean, there's so many that I've used in the past, but the one that I'm using right now is personal capital. I also like mint. So those are two apps that you can use, um, because it makes for me personally tracking my spending so easily. Like you can link all your bank accounts in one place and see your money, or your bank accounts and your credit card accounts, I should say. So maybe I like to use credit cards. I, I don't really use cash when I spend and I can see like, all my transactions in one place and I can see also if I'm under budget and where my money is going. I can see if there's any unauthorized charges, you know, something doesn't look right or a bank fee or if I um forgot to pay a credit card bill on time, certain things like that I can see in the app. So I love those two apps um for tracking my spending. But besides that, I just use like a spreadsheet Every month I have my own budget spreadsheet that I use every month. I, I have a, mo- a monthly budget spreadsheet and a yearly budget spreadsheet, which is in Excel that I also um, like to use personally to track my spending. but I don't have I don't use any other tools either <laughs> besides besides um, personal capital for tracking my spending. That's great.
0: And the um, with the budget trackers that you have, you had mentioned that you have a
1: gift to share with listeners today. Can you tell us about that? Oh yes, thanks for men- reminding me about that. So I have a budget binder um, for your listeners and your readers. For anyone who wants to get their money or their spending under control, they can get that free budget binder. It's a what's included is a free. Um, cash envelopes, which is great for people who have a hard time sticking to their budgets. I used cash envelopes when I first started <laughs> because it was a little bit hard for me to um, break my shopping addiction. I'm actually a spender at heart. So that worked for me. There's also a budget worksheet in there and an expense tracker for people who do like to use um, paper and pen to track their spending. Because when I first started my financial journey, Chelsea, like I really was starting from the bottom of the bottom. I had a six figure non mortgage debt because of my um, genetic disease. And what that meant was I was really in the hospital a lot. I was sick a lot. I was in the hospital. And when I was in the hospital, if I work, if I don't work, I don't get paid. So it was like a double whammy in the sense that I had all these medical bills and then I also wasn't earning. Um, money, so I had a six-figure <laughs> non-mortgage debt to tr- to tackle, and I was just digging myself slowly but surely. And it all started really with me personally with the cash envelope method because that helped me get my spending under control. So that's what I recommend to people who are beginners to try that method out and see if it works for them. So that's included um, in my budget binder for those that's interested at dollarspluscents.com. I think slash shop, you can get that in my shop, the spreadsheets that I like to use. And I also have a um, personal finance binder, which has a lot more printables. If you're um, someone who likes printables, I, use, I also use the personal finance binder for everything. Like, so for my budget, for savings goals, for debt goals, all those things um, are in my personal finance binder that I also still use that (laughs) funny enough though, but I use the personal finance binder in a digital format with one of my note-taking apps on my iPad where I can write on the PDF files that way instead of printing it out. But it's also there for people who um, like paper and they like to, sometimes it's it's better, I think, to have all of your financial um, documents in one place. So that's why I also created the personal finance binder, because it will have everything all in one place for your budgets, for your savings, for paying off debt, even investing, everything um, is included. So your listeners can also check that out.
0: That's fantastic that binder definitely is something I'm going to need to get my hands on too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sure, definitely. I can send you one for sure.
0: Hey, um, how long did it take you to get out of your six-figure debt? Oh gosh, so it took a while.
1: <laughs> Ultimately, it took me six years to turn my finances around. When I say six years, not just to get out of debt, but to get out of debt and also to grow my wealth. And so what helped me grow my wealth in such a short period of time, besides being conscious about my spending, I literally was aggressive with my savings and my earnings. So even though I was earning um, a decent amount of money with my law firm, I even got a second job Um, doing more legal work so that I can earn more money. And then I was aggressive with paying down that debt. So every penny I had, like I was super focused on what, where every penny was coming in and what was going out. And I was just, (laughs) I just wanted to attack this debt. And I also wanted to save money because my goal was to buy my first house. So that also probably supercharged my desire to really be aggressive about saving money and getting out of debt, so it took overall six years. And what boosts my wealth is investing. So I think that's also very, very important for women: is to not just save money. I think um, we like security. You know, we like to know that our money is safe. And and some women um, that I know, at least they're afraid of investing because it's like, I don't know what to do. It seems intimidating, right? You don't know what to invest in and things to do. Um, But investing is really, really key to growing wealth and ultimately becoming financially free. And that's what's worked for me. Buying property and investing in the stock market is what helped me to become financially free in such a short period of time. Because ultimately when I first started and I made financial goals for myself, I thought it would take at least 10 years, like even if I was aggressive and I was able to do it in six. So I think that's important as well um, that I didn't mention before that investing is super, super important.
0: Very good point. It definitely is. Um, I use the Wealth Simple app. And it just makes it so simple, like so easy for people. So if anyone's listening and they're thinking, I want to get into investing in the stock market, but it seems really confusing, um, check out the app Wealthsimple because it is literally super simple. <laughs> I have to check that out then, Chelsea. I've never heard of it, oh, So no, I should take, I'm going to take a note too. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. You can okay do like day trading or you can just invest and hold and wait or you can sell at any time and you can have your tax-free savings Um you are so you can use tax-free savings to do your investing there as well
1: see look at that i'm learning something great <laughs> i'm gonna check that out
0: yeah it's really great and there's no fees either so if anybody wants to check that out go to herpaperootcom slash wealth simple and you'll be given five dollars for free
1: to start trading right away so I definitely look forward to checking out Wealth Simple. That's what's really scary for um, newbies. You know, even for me, like when I first got started, I was terrified because I was like, I, I have no idea what to buy, what companies to invest in. And um, I started actually with real estate before I even... Um, no, I shouldn't say that because I did invest in the stock market at first. And then that helped me to save for the down payment of my first home. So yeah, but... I was—I really didn't know where to start. And what I did initially was just invest in companies I was familiar with, you know, like companies where it was easy for me to tell you what they did to make money. Maybe I um, was a customer of theirs, or I understood what they did to make money. And and I started slow, like by picking companies that I knew about. And then I also used robo advisors where. They would pick stocks for me based on what I told them my financial goals were.
0: That's awesome. Well, is there anything else that we should know before we say goodbye?
1: Um, No, I think we covered a lot. Like The most important thing, like I said, to me for women is to really... Be conscious of your finances and to build wealth. And even if you have your spouse manage the money in your household, it's important to know what they're doing, you know, where the money is going. Even if you let someone else manage the money, I think it's important to be knowledgeable, increase your financial education so that you know what's going on. Or even if you hire someone, for example, to manage a portfolio, you need to know how to invest. (laughs) So you can know if that person's doing a good job or not, how much the fees are, you know, things like that. So I think for women, we really do need to increase our financial education and even better. Like if you have a desire to start your own business, go ahead and take that leap of faith. I know it's scary, right? Because like I told you with my story, I was (laughs) terrified and I didn't want to. And I was kind of like, forced to do it. So don't be like me because it's the best thing. Mm -hmm. I think um, if you just go out and you're your own boss, trust me, your earning potential is way more working for yourself than it is for working for someone else. And funny enough, I work harder for myself than I do for someone else, but the rewards are much harder are, are much greater as well. So that's all I would say is Take your finances seriously and chase your dreams. Don't be afraid, you know?
0: That's such good advice and so encouraging. And I think everybody needs to hear that because when you're starting a business or you're thinking about it, there's a lot of times where you kind of get in your own way and you're scared or you think you can't do it. And um, you just really got to go for it. And like you said, getting in control of your finances and Um, being able to make choices and having the power in your own life and your own future.
1: Yes. And find a mentor. (laughs) I forgot to mention that too. Someone who is where you want to be, right? You may know them personally, you may not, right? Like even you, Chelsea, (laughs) like you're my blogging mentor. Like (laughs) I love that your blog is, you know, so successful. And so the point is like, I followed you even before I was a part of, uh, your podcast because you are someone who's where I want to be in the blogging world so the point is find someone who's where you want to be regardless of you know what you're doing if you want to be a lawyer talk to other lawyers you know and ask them like what does it take to do whatever it is that they accomplished if it's when it comes to finances, Talk to someone who's been where you've been, who struggled, <laughs> you know, who yeah. knows what it takes to get out of debt or to invest and ask them questions. Um, so I think that's also important too. You need to invest in yourself, invest in your education. Even if it means that you have to pay someone to be your mentor, I think it's worth it than to struggle. I, I That's a mistake I made in terms of my money. Like I struggled and I did not want to invest in myself because I figured like... <laughs> I can just Google everything and figure it out, and it takes you so long. Like it, it after a while, I, ha- I had to say to myself, "Okay, this is not working, right?" Like I need to invest in my financial education to figure out something that works for me. So that's another thing I wanted to mention. Like You can't be afraid to invest in yourself, especially if you want to start a business. You need to invest in education on how to make a business work and grow from there. It's an investment in yourself. And that's one of my favorite quotes for Warren Buffett. He said, the best investment you can make is in yourself. So don't look at it as um, just an expense. Look at it as an investment.
0: 100% well said. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Dafina, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate you coming and sharing all of this great stuff with us.
1: Yes. Thank you so much, Chelsea, for uh, allowing me to be a guest on your podcast. I really love your podcast, actually. I'm a fan. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me. And it's been a pleasure, really. Everyone
0: listening, go to dollarspluscents.com where you can connect with Dafina and get your free budget planner. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to the Her Paper Root podcast. We hope you found this episode helpful. If you did, please say so by leaving us a review on iTunes and be sure to share this episode with your friends. For more entrepreneurship resources and to connect with Chelsea, swing by herpaperroot.com. Now go make something.